All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Dropping the Gloves. Thanks for joining us. Another missed opportunity. We didn't get a Monday episode in. I just, Tim, everybody out there, I've been having a, you know when you have a bad day? It's been three days compounded back to back to back, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Just, it's it's been a, it's been a couple days. I'm sure everybody's had those those stretches where it's just like golly gee this can it get can it get any harder so yeah we're back tuesday i feel i feel better i feel i feel good about the rest of the week so take take us back to saturday when did you start feeling this way you know it all started when my daughter came into the kitchen and she was holding a full roll of toilet paper that had just dropped into the toilet (laughs) and it, it just kind of snowballed from there yeah, I don't know do how many of you guys have kids, but this is this is a common occurrence in my house where somehow these toilet paper rolls just get lobbed into the toilet all the time, all the time. <laughs> so that was fun. And then another thing, they, they clog the toilets all the time. So I had to unclog a toilet where they just, and I've talked about this before, I think, where it's just like the toilet's clogged and they continue to add to the cesspool levels it's like a little cake it's a beautiful thing when i go and try to unclog it i'm like oh what what do we have next it's like a poo and a potty and a potty and a poo and then some other stuff it's beautiful so that was that and then on saturday we were coming back we had our first big snowstorm and we have a new vehicle the nissan nv beautiful van 12 seater awesome i traded it in for the uh, we used to have one of those uh yukon xl denali's which were just beautiful vehicles beautiful wouldn't fit our family anymore. Had to get more seats. So we got the Nissan NV. Great van. Juggernaut. Terrible in the snow, apparently. Put snow tires in it. I weighed down the back. I got about 500 pounds of sand. I threw it in the back. Didn't get up my hill. Got stuck on a Saturday. So we were coming back from church, I believe, and it was 10. Uh, it took me a good two and a half hours to dig the thing out. And it was a frustrating dig. To where I would dig, drive for a little bit, get stuck even more. Dig, drive for a little bit, get stuck even more. Miss a tree, just miss a tree, almost hit a tree. And it was just, it was a two and a half hour saga of just 
it was a pain. It was a total pain. And I'm stubborn. I didn't want to use salt because I was like, I can, I can dig, you know, dig down from the snow to get to the gravel so you can get traction. And then you're like, I only need to go 10 feet. And then you go to the 10 feet and you get stuck again. So anyways, that was got a blister on my hand. That was Saturday. And the worst part about that is I get it, you know, unstuck. I go into the house expecting a hero's welcome. Nobody even batted an eye. They were just like <laughs> living well. their life, not even worried about me. And I'm like, I just like busting my behind trying to get this van out. Didn't even have breakfast. They all had, they ate my breakfast. It was just, so that was that. Got a huge blister on my hand. Sunday night, I have my men's league and I couldn't shoot the puck because the blister here, it's right there, Tim. You can see it. Oh yeah. That's like a blister. That's right in the middle of your palm. So right in the middle of the palm and when I hold my stick, that's where I put the knob of my stick and my gloves are so worn. They're my old Blackhawks gloves that I wear. There's a hole there. So anytime I grabbed my stick, I was just in searing pain. So I was in a bad mood at hockey and I started slashing guys and playing a little more physical and they didn't mm-hmm. like it. They were complaining and I really let a slap shot go top cheese, baby, but they didn't like that. I had a slap shot. They were being babies. And um, there was a big powwow after the game with the captain saying john can't try so hard he's hurting us this and that and i'm like you guys my team that i play on now i would say 70 percent of the guys have never played organized hockey i literally before the game had a dry erase marker drawing up how to where to go after a face-off because what they do now it's like peewee soccer where everybody just follows the puck around and i'm playing defense and it's like you guys like come on I have three guys at the net alone with me, and I'm just sitting there. I don't know what to do. So I'm trying to draw plays, and the other team's mad at me because I'm trying. But they have a full team that's been together for years, and they all know how to play hockey. And these think we still lose. Ugh. Frustrating. And then yesterday and today happened, and this ah, – it's just – my kids are sick. I had to go pick them up from school and bring them back to work. I got a ton of – there's, there's a lot going on, Tim. How was your wedding? Lot. That is How was your the, wedding? The fans don't care about my plate. Yeah. I'm like the one percenter complaining about my gold tower. They want to know about your wedding. How did it go? Uh it went great. Honestly, it went pretty much perfectly. We uh oh, nice drive up and stopped at my alma mater on the way up at St. A's in, New, in Manchester, New Hampshire, St. Anselm College, and then drove up um Burlington. So it's Woodstock, uh, not Burlington, Woodstock, Vermont, which is it's like a picturesque New England mountain town up and it was it was snowy a little bit, a little like ice cap, but not too much. Very cold, um, but just like picturesque little like Hallmark movie channel uh, town. Like lots of cool little shops and cafes and restaurants and stuff. And the wedding was great. The family was all great. It was good to see everybody. My brother, and my mom, they were so happy. So, yeah, really good weekend. You know what else was an issue with my weekend? I don't want to make <laughs> it about me again. <laughs> You ever get a, st- a song stuck in your head? Of course. All weekend I had this song stuck in my head. I could not get it out. You remember the old Afro Man song? Which I one? Go because I got high. Yeah. That one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All weekend I had it in my head. And that song has some terrible lyrics. And so I'm sitting there like just thinking about the song and I'm like, why am I thinking about the song? All weekend. All weekend. I finally got it out of my head. Now I have teenage dirt bag in my head by Weedus. So I had to replace it with another very catchy, annoying song, but uh, all right. All so 
the trick to the trick to that is you have to listen to the song a couple of times and then it's out of your head. Next time trick? you get a song. Yeah. And then uh one more thing about the weekend before we talk hockey too. No, you always you. make it about yourself. It's so uh, selfish. I'm very I'm very proud of this. You know how like how bad uh, you, like a, a great weekend could be ruined with a poor flight experience, poor travel experience. You know, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I had the opposite. So my, I drove down from Vermont about two and a half, three hours with my uncle. Cause he was also going to the airport, the Michigan one. And he's, uh, they dropped me off and just the way that the, it worked, I had about five hours to kill. My flight was at seven 15. I got there at like two and I was like, I don't care. I'll go to a bar. I'll go to the corner, watch a movie on my laptop, whatever. I, I'm fine with that. Uh, and then I get another alert that if like a pushed back to eight 30 and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not going to get back in my apartment until like midnight now. And my uncle's a very experienced flyer. He's in a different terminal, but he texts me. He's like, hey, go pay the day pass for the Admirals Club with mm-hmm. American Airlines. It's like it's like 60 bucks, but you'd probably spend that much on like dinner and a couple of beers anyway. And it's worth yep. the extra service. So I had never done it. So I went over there and I was like, can you show me around? And she like gave me a little tour. It was great. So I did it. And I paid. I paid the money. And then she was like, do you want uh, me to look and see if there's another flight that we can move you up to? And I was like, oh, yeah. And this is about probably 3.30. And she was like, um, okay, we can get you up to, there's a 4.30 flight. Um, there's only one seat left. And it's completely, there's already a bunch of like 12 people on standby. But there's one seat I can get you into. And it didn't take the first couple of times. And then it took. So now I paid 60 bucks. I'm leaving in basically 20 minutes from now to go board. And in that 20 minutes, I had a beer. I had like, it was like make your own taco station. They had guacamole, they had chips and cookies, all this stuff. Unbelievable. And then as I'm boarding that flight at like, you know, 4.30, um, I get another alert that the original flight got pushed back to 9.30. Oh, no. So it would have been the worst thing ever. And instead, it was the best thing ever. Totally worth it. I'm definitely going to do that again from time to time. How did you get bumped up in front of the people on standby? Because you're now an admiral person? Yeah, it had to do with wow. that 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 level of service. Everyone was so cool. And free drinks too, by the way. Not all the drinks, but they had like a couple of options that were free uh on tap and bottle. So and maybe like a house red and yeah, it was really really cool. You can't really go nice. back now. You can't go back. <laughs> I was walking around from there to my terminal, walking past like the the quote unquote regular restaurants and bars, and I'm just like looking down at them. Like, oh, you guys weren't at the Admirals Club? Were, were you guys sitting over there? Right, you fine. you plebs. that's fine. You commoners, yeah. you, you peasants. Yeah, oh, it was great. No, I'm never going you. back. Well, I'm glad you had a great weekend. Did I tell you about mine? No, let's get into it. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad it was a good wedding. Very, very exciting. Good stuff. All right. To the NHL. We got a lot to, because we've had such a long time off, there's a lot to uh, recap. So we're going to do a little league roundup here. Everybody's streaking. We're going streaking. Remember that movie? Old school. Old is that school. after? Is that after your time? You're too young for that? It was a little before my time, but I've seen it. We're all on streak. Anyways, gosh, everybody did that. I remember in high school, I think I was in grade 10. One of the seniors for his senior prank streaked right through the school. But everybody knew he was going to do it. It was Joe Katoya, I believe his name was. Joey Katoya. So everybody knew he was going to streak. So we were all lining the halls. And he had his car waiting for him. Someone was in there to drive him away. Ripped right right down the hallway birthday suit right into the car everybody knew it was him the teachers found out because they obviously why is everybody in the hallway 
he didn't get to go to his graduation. So he didn't get to walk. Kind that's, of a tough <laughs> punishment fits the crime. I feel like that was that's pretty good. That's pretty you imagine him now. He's probably 42, 43. No graduation picture. Not that you would take your high school graduation picture, but you just, your kids. Why didn't you go to your high school graduation, Dad? Oh, because I uh, I wanted to run naked through the hallway. That's why. You know, you don't think about those things when you're 17. You're just like, this will be great. This will be epic. Legend forever. Not smart. So streaks. <laughs> yes. The Philadelphia Flyers, Tim. Cannot stop losing. They have now lost seven games in a row. John Tortorella is at his wits end. He is getting the full experience of what it means to be a coach for the Philadelphia Flyers. Everybody thought he was going to come in, whip this team into shape. They have some talent. He will get them playing the right way, playing a little more defensively. The veterans will respond to him. The young kids will like that he has a little bit more accountability in the locker room. Well, all of that has gone out the window. This team sucks. Carter Hart can't win anymore. Everybody thought he had resurrected his career. Everything is great. They've lost seven in a row. What do you think about the Philadelphia Flyers now? Are they just, like we talked about, the initial bump from the John Tortorella is over. It was cute. It lasted about a week and a half. Once the ship started to get a little rocky, Johnny didn't like that tort. So he is just, I I can only imagine what's happening on the video room, on the bench, in the locker room. It can't be fun to be a Philadelphia Flyer right now, but what do you, what's going on in Philly right now, Tim? There was a great moment over the weekend when they were playing uh, Montreal, I think Saturday or Friday, and and Cole Caulfield scored with one point, like five seconds left in the game to tie it up. And it was um, it was a great – it was like, you know, they had the goalie pulled, and he had a, a, a shot on net, went wide, back to Suzuki, hard pass, one-timer again, it goes in. And they cut right to Torts, and he just starts laughing. Do you see that? He's just like no. – he's laughing. He's like – he has what, – what can you say in that moment? One second left, they couldn't close it out. And then they ended up losing in overtime. And it's just a great, like – it's a great visualization analogy of, of what this season's been like. And this is such a – an easy team to be down on because they they should be better than this. They're not a good team, but you would think that would be like a good skip and a jump ahead of like the Arizonas and Chicago's of the world, but they just keep losing and losing. And they have no recourse. There's nothing really to look forward to. You can say, okay, they're losing, but they've got this, this, and this. It's just, they're just losing. That's all it is. Yeah. In typical torts fashion, they have a tough guy, Zach McEwen on the second line. Because the top guys aren't performing. They're not trying. They're they're getting a little bit frustrated with torts, rightfully so. So he has his tough guy. I know they have Nick Delore, but they're both, you know, heavies. He's on the second line. You know, and I, I think Torts is trying to send a message, hopefully, to his star players saying, if you if you won't play, I'll, I'll put someone there who will try, who will, who will want to do the hard things that I demand out of you as a player. We'll see if they respond. I don't, I don't think they will. <laughs> I think this is going to be a long season for the Philadelphia Flyers, but I don't know. He he signed a four-year deal. Four-year Who deal. did? Torts. Oh, yeah. Five million per, right? He's making a lot of money to be a coach there. Like It's not like he's getting paid pennies, but we knew going in that it, whoever was going to coach the Philadelphia Flyers, it was a tough job to take. They have a lot of, I don't want to say bad contracts, but not attractive contracts. When you got Kevin Hayes making 7.1, 
Atkinson, 5.8. Konechny, 5.5. Like, these are good players, but they're all just overpaid. Provorov making 6.7. Reese Stowe, friend of the show, making 5.1. All of these guys are very good hockey players. They're just overpaid. You know what I mean? And and they're not overpaid being $2 million guys making $3 million. They're overpaid if you're Kevin Hayes, you're making $7 million when rightfully you should be making around $4 million or $3 million. Kevin Hayes, what do you think his highest point total, Tim, in his career is? 82 games. What's his highest total? He's been playing since 14-15. I would say like high 50s, 55. 49. Yeah. That was his mm. high with the Rangers. Ever since he got to Philadelphia, he's been a 30-point guy. 41, 31, 31, 19. And I know it's you know shortened season, COVID, but he hasn't had that one season where it's been like, oh, this guy's good. He's good. I know he's got a point per game this season, so that's good. Maybe he's trending in the right direction this season. But gosh, when you think of people making 7.1, and I like to do this, the comparables, Kevin Hayes is not at the top of my list. So I don't know. We'll see with the Philadelphia Flyers. It's not good with Couturier being out. They're getting rid of Van Riemsdyk this offseason, thankfully, because that's another just tough friend of the show. There's a lot of them. I, I forget. But yeah, he'll be he'll be happy. I think he'll be happy to leave. The Flyers will be happy that he's gone. It'll be a win-win for the whole system. But there's just like you said, there's nothing to look forward to if you're a Philadelphia Flyers fan. There's no young good player on their roster that you can say, you know what, we'll be okay. Owen Tippett, who they got in the trade, Kiefer Bellows, they claimed him off waivers. There's no one you can just Farabee. Is he one? Maybe. You know, you're paying five million bucks for the next eight years. Is he the answer to the Philadelphia Flyers? Can he be the next Claude Giroux if that's who you want to model your team after? But maybe not even Claude. I don't know. Is that the guy when you look at their roster? Last thing on the Flyers. Is he the guy you want to build your team around? A guy who's only gotten 38 points in a season. That's his career high. He's been there for four years now. Is Joel Farabee the answer, the future captain of this uh, Philadelphia Flyers team? Yeah, fair being connecting for me. They have a lot of young players that I don't know a ton about yet. I don't, like like uh, Noah Cates, for example, Morgan Frost. They had that kid uh, Cam York on the back end. Like, I think they're they're solid players. I don't know like how how high end they are, what the ceiling is for these guys. So yeah, I would say probably Konechny and and Farabee. Yeah, Cates and, is a fifth rounder. Like I'm not building my team around him. He he's <laughs> no. Yeah, if if you're building your team around. Joel Farabee, the future doesn't look that bright. You know, that's all I'm saying. All right, moving on. Who else is streaking, Tim? Yeah, two two other teams continued their winning streak, so we can touch on them real quick because we talk about them all the time. But the Devils are now at 13 with a win, decisive win over Edmonton last night, 5-2, including a really bad goal from Stuart Skinner that he let up oh. uh, that turnover. But yeah, they're, they're amazing. And I think one of the things we haven't really talked about as good as, as, you know, the Jesper Bratz and Jack Hughes of the world have been, um, is John Marino on the back end has just been lights out defensively. All those advanced defensive me- metrics. He's put, he's playing like Jacob Slavin levels of, of D. Um, and they're playing really, really well. And it's freeing up a guy like Dougie Hamilton to do a little bit more offensively. And even Damian Severson had a goal on the rush last night. So they're just clicking left and right. They're a lot of fun to watch. And then yeah. real quick, the, the yeah, Bruins also won uh, last night. They, they're seven 
game in a row. They're now 17 and two after a tough game with, um, Tampa Bay, tough start. Tampa Bay looked really good for the first period and a half. And we thought we was getting out match. And then Boston just turned on the Jets and it got closer toward the end. It was probably a little bit closer. I think it was five to three was the total, uh, the final score, but, um, still a good decisive win for those two teams. Yeah. A good gauge to see who is the, you know, the contender, who's the pretender, what, which team is going to control the Eastern conference. Cause right now, it, you you would have to think it's the Bruins to lose for the Eastern Conference title. The way they played, the way their goaltending situation has shaken out, it's been just one and one A with those two guys. Even with the Devils, the way they're playing, you got to think the Bruins are the team to beat in the Eastern Conference right now. Just top to bottom, Tim. They are well balanced. Getting McAvoy back, he's been he's looked great. The whole team is is just absolutely playing great hockey. I don't I don't know. Any issues that the Bruins have? When, when you look at their team, everybody's clicking. There's there's no issue where you go, oh, well, the fourth line depth or the third line. Everybody's playing well. The fourth line's checking. They're playing good defensively. They're chipping in offensively here and there. The first and second line are being – they're playing great. Grizzlick's playing great. McAvoy's playing great. Ham Hughes, Lindholm, he's the defenseman they traded for last – Hampus Lindholm. He's the guy they traded for last year. He's finally shown up. Is there is there any concern in Boston right now from their lineup at all? Really none. Really none. Hampus Lindholm had his first negative game since he joined the Bruins last year, which is wow. like 30-something games. Like, it's crazy. And it's only a negative one. Um, yeah, no, they're clicking. They're clicking on all cylinders. I'm not going to get back into it because we talked about them a lot. But they look really good. And then another another team is streaking right now. The the St. Louis Blues have won their seventh in a row. And they, if they win uh, on Wednesday night, they'll have won eight straight after losing eight straight, um, which is just crazy. And Bennington, I think, has won six out of those seven. He's played really well between the pipes, which we're going to talk about a little bit. It's just his antics and gimmicks and just – uh, what a lunatic this guy is, but he's playing really well. And the Blues, I think, like I said last week, I think you have to consider them a legit threat no matter what their record is, just because they can go off and win the games in bunches at any time. Let's talk about Bennington, because I, I saw that. And yes, good for the Blues. It's what an amazing thing in hockey that you can have a seven-game losing streak and immediately go into a seven-game win streak. That's like, I don't know any other sport that you can do that, where you can just have, boom, you're a completely different team. And it is Jordan Bennington. Like I said, people laughed at me. Bennington's having a bad season. He sucks. He sucks. He's actually playing really well. They weren't getting the goals. Their shooting percentage was garbage. The Blues were going to turn it around. And lo and behold, now they've won seven in a row. Don't call me Nostradamus. I just see things and I say them. Back to Bennington. I saw this. Well, first I saw the headline. It said, Bennington gets involved with fight. And I clicked on it. I'm like, what? what is this joker doing again? He always seems to find himself in the middle of a scrum, creating controversies, throwing water bottles at guy. Was he the guy who threw it at Kadri? Was that him? Yeah. The water bottle? He, yeah. he, he's a hothead. He's a rare goalie who just lets his emotions shown. He, we've, we've interviewed goaltenders here. They're the most calm, zen-like people. Ryan Miller, Spencer Knight. Who else did we have on Swayman? All these goalies are just so cerebral. They're just like, how could you upset this guy? You can't. Then there's Jordan Bennington. He reacts. He's fiery. Does that help him play, Tim? I think that that fuels him. He wants to play on that edge. But a lot of the time, he looks like a clown. 
it's gotten to the point now where I saw this, where he tries to, he grabs Carrick's leg because Carrick is fighting some, one of the blues defensemen. I think there was four seconds left in the game. Binnington engages. He tries to hook the Anaheim Ducks player's leg. It was very slight. It wasn't a big deal. He didn't get him, but he tried to. It's to the point now where I don't say this lightly. This guy needs to get his face caved in. He needs to be taken behind the woodshed and taught a lesson. He's talking a lot of smack to the bench. He's talking a lot of games, swinging his stick, poking his stick in guys' faces. Someone needs to take care of this clown. It has to happen. Because goalies are usually exempt from that sort of thing. Like if, if a goalie does something you don't like, usually another player will have to pay the price. Most of the time. There are exceptions and there are other goalies that are willing combatants. But I feel like Bennington's at the point where he's lost like credibility in that. Because here's a great example. Uh, there was a game, a moment, not last night, but a couple of days ago, the Bruins game where Bergeron shot it pretty much after the whistle. Like he, it was, it was Bergeron and he shot it. And you could see the guy look, go after him for a second. He realized who it was. And it wasn't that the Bruce run like above, you know, any of that. Like if he does something bad, he'll get he'll get guy in his face. But it was just close enough. And because it was Bergeron, the guy let it slide. Things like that, because he's earned that credibility. I feel like yeah. Bennington's lost that. You know what I mean? Where at some point there's gonna be a player who's gonna want to get in a legit scrap with him or slash him back or make him pay that in a way that goalies usually don't have to answer for. Well, it'll happen sooner than later, I hope. Because St. Louis is a good team. They're winning. So there will be a time, hopefully in the near future, where St. Louis is beating a team by three or four goals and he does something. And a Nick Delore says, screw it. I'm I'm going after you. And I'm gonna I'm I'm going to fight you. And then you're gonna have to pay the piper, Jordan Bennington. You've you've made your bed, and I hope, I hope you get to sleep in it. Because it's just like just stay out of it. Don't stick your foot, your stick in there. A, it's it's a greasy move. It's just, it's not your fight. Let him go. B, it's dangerous. What happens if he does grab that guy's leg and he's engaged in a fight and you yank his leg out? He could fall. The other, the St. Louis Blues guy could catch him in a wrong spot because because he's not expecting his leg to give out underneath him. There's a lot of bad things that could happen. And C, it should be a suspension. You're third man in. You're engaging in a fight. It's not your battle to be fought. Bennington D you're not even that tough am I wrong you're not tough all you do is like your little chihuahua I want someone to cave his face in please please Christmas is around the corner (laughs) John wants a present all you tough guys out there I don't you don't just just take him out please that's all I want because he's just I've had it with him at first, I thought it was fun. Oh, he threw a water ball at Codder. He's so fiery. Look, I love that. Then he's yapping at the King's bench. He's swinging his stick at people. He's just being a baby when he's being pulled. Now he's sticking guys when they're engaged in a fight. Ugh. Go away. Like I, I want him to get beat up. Not like well, in a goalie fight where no, well, there are some goalie fights. Who was that guy for the Penguins? Johnson. I want Johnson to come out of retirement. Remember him when he crushed Chad GPS? Johnson? No, no. Um, it was a Penguins goalie, and he fought a guy from the Islanders, and he just dropped him, absolutely dropped. And then Michael Haley went after the Penguins goalie. Yeah, I want that guy to come out of retirement and beat up Bennington. But it, okay, here's a question: Which goalie in the NHL is the toughest right now? 
do you think? Uh, Robin Lehner. He's out. I was thinking him too. He's out. Yeah. Uh, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. All these young goalies, I haven't seen them without pads on, you know? Right. There's a lot of tall goalies out there, but uh, can they throw punches? There's no, God bless him. Ray Emery. He was the one. Well, and on a serious note, too, Bennington's probably not going to fight. But what happens when he does something stupid and Delory is in his face and the and the closest blue is someone like Justin Falk, who's got to answer for it now. And he gets hurt and he breaks his wrist or gets an eyeball or whatever. And all of a sudden he's missing time because of something stupid Bennington does. He's going to hurt the team. You know, someone's going to get yeah. hurt. Hopefully it happens. Hopefully it happens that that someone has to answer for this clown's antics because it's too much now. It's it's gone too far. And St. Louis doesn't have a tough team like they used to have. They used to have a tough-as-nails team when you looked up and down the roster. I used to have to get pumped up when we go into St. Louis. They'd have Reeves. They'd have Jansen. They'd have Bortuzzo. They'd have a couple other tough guys, Dunn or whatever his name. They had a tough team. Now were, they don't. Were Reeves and Jansen, did they overlap? Were they there at the same time? Uh, maybe Rocky Thompson was there. I think they did. They had a tough team. Every time we'd go into St. Louis, I'm like, okay, they had David Backus, who was a just a tough, tough character. They had a very lunch pail type mentality. Now they don't. They're soft. They got no one. So Bennington, if if he keeps this up and someone, yeah, I hope Ryan O'Reilly gets grabbed and he gets his jaw broken. Good, good. And then he can turn around and say, thanks, Jordan. Thank you. Except he can't that. say it because his jaw's broken. Yeah, he's hang. He's going to write him a note. <laughs> Thanks. Drinking through uh, a straw for the next 12 weeks. All right, so the Bruins, the Blues, just firing all cylinders to just put a button on this streak. My former team. Oh, my gosh. How the mighty have fallen. The Buffalo Sabres continue their futility, have lost eight in a row. But on the bright side, you sent me a goal at Tage Thompson scored. Oh, he keeps getting better. I don't care how bad the Sabres are. They could lose the next 60 games. I still think Tage Thompson should win the MVP. He's so incredibly good. Silky smooth. He's 6'6". He's making – can you describe that goal, Tim? It was beautiful. Well, I, unfortunately, it didn't end in a goal, but it, it should have because of that effort. And he's got Matthews, Nylander, and I forget who the defenseman was, just all slash and hack. And he's work. He looks like he's dangling in a, in a phone booth. And because he's so tall and actually – um, this is a great little line in Hosa's book where he talked about how Chara was as a kid, how how awkward it looked. It didn't look right. It didn't look like a hockey player. There's a little of that at Tage Thompson where it looks funny because he's yeah. like he's going straight up and down with it because because he's so he's so long, um, but he's good. He's really good. You can see that confidence building where he, I don't know if he always believed in himself, but he can see the results happening now, and I'm sure that's affecting the way that he approaches the game. So it's pretty cool. He's a great player. He's going to be the captain next year. Should can we bet on that? Me and you and I cuz do you think he'll be the captain? Um yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I think if they were going to give it to Tuck, they would have given it to him over uh, already. You know what I mean? So if it's I agree. they it's... gave it to Ocposo. Ocposo right. is the stopgap. Then yeah. it's going to be Tage Thompson. Oh, I love that guy. Anyways, you know what else I loved him? Food. And you know what else I don't like? Making food. So it's a win-win with DoorDash, everybody. Fire up your phone, get your tablet, get your app, turn your computer on, go to DoorDash and get some food. Whatever you want, your favorite restaurant, your least favorite restaurant, I don't care. Use DoorDash. They get you your food, and you can use our promo code and save some mucho grande. If you're in Canada, use promo code GLOVESDD. 
If you're in the US of A, use promo code GLOVESDDUS. You get 25% off. You get free delivery and you get delicious food when you want it, how you want it. It's a win-win, Tim. I honestly don't know what else I can do for everybody. It's it's DoorDash. Check it out. GlovesDD if you're in Canada, GlovesDDUS. Get yourself some food, save some money. Inflation's hitting. You can save a little bit through us with DoorDash. It's a good company. All right. Back at it. Just, just a side note. Have you ever gone potty? And as you're peeing, you're like, gosh, I got to drop a deuce. And you have to like <laughs> stop the stream and turn around and sit down. Or do you have know ever- going in, you're like, I'm going to take a poo. I mean, I bet that's happened in my life, but no, you pretty much know. I'm an adult. I know what I have to do. Just happened there. to me. <laughs> Just where I was like, I gotta, I gotta use the restroom. I'm in there midway through. I'm like, oh boy, I, I gotta, gotta stop this, stop this and turn around before we have an accident. But everything's great. <laughs> I, I'm just, I just don't know if it happens to other people. I don't know, but apparently I'm weird. A lot of bathroom talk today. Is there? Not from you. Well, I'm polite. I'm polite company. Do you use crest white strips on your teeth? No. You got white teeth. Yeah, part of it's that little light that I have. But anyway, let's talk a little bit more about hockey. So the Bruins played the Lightning last night, and I was digging into this team a little bit because I feel like we have kind of dismissed them early on. I think you predicted they won't make the playoffs. So right now I think they're in a playoff spot, but they're just barely. Um but they've been playing pretty well lately. Before last night, which they lost, they had won four in a row against pretty decent teams. Got the Predators, Very good teams, yeah. Yeah, Calgary, Dallas, and the Washington Capitals. Four four good wins there. And they played together. They played pretty well. Braden Point is a point per game. Stamkos has 10 goals. And Kucherov, who we barely talked, maybe not at all this year, has quite, very quietly put up 28 points, which is third in the league. So, like, they're, they're playing pretty well. And Vasilevsky had a pretty pedestrian start. By any standard, especially for his, and he's tr- he's trying to gather some pretty solid starts. And even though he let up five last night, he made stop three or four like major grade A chances that it could the game could have gotten out of hand. And so, to watching this game, it's clear that like the Lightning, they're still a good team, even though they, the Bruins put up five on them. They still were all up up and down the ice. They were in their faces. They yeah, they're, they're a very physical team. I think if there's, if there's one thing. I could knock them for it's probably they're a little bit slow other than their superstars like you watch like the uh Killorns and Maroons of the world they're just somehow a little bit of a step behind this is just one game maybe it was just an off night for them but I do still think they'll be there at the end and if they make the playoffs even in the even in a wild card spot you got to think they're a dangerous threat to upset whoever they're playing right I don't see them making the playoffs I'm sorry I I stand by my prediction and I think you nailed it as the reason why I don't think they have the depth that they used to have. I really they don't, don't. With, with the replacement players that they brought in to fill in the third, fourth, even the second line. Now I don't think is as dangerous when you got Nick Paul as your centerman on the second line. I don't think he's, I like he's him dangerous. though. Oh, he's I like him too. Yeah. I like him. He hustles. He gets in on the rush. last night, which is he's a weird looking dude him. though. He's a weird I don't think he dude. finishes as often as he should. For the amount of grade A chances that he gets, the guy should be getting 35, 40 goals a year. But I, I don't see him being that type of player. But yeah, you, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold on Tampa Bay. Losing Ryan McDonough was such a big hit. They, it's such a drop. I know Zach Bogosian, people love him because he's been around forever. 
He's showing his age. Ian Cole, very similar type player to Zach Bogosian, maybe a little bit better with that first pass. But I like Hedman. I like Sergachev. I like Hayden Flurry. I don't like the right side. Chernak, Cole, and Bogosian. I, I get what they're trying to do there. You have a, a fleet-footed left side defenseman who can get up in the rush, and you're going heavy on the right side. I get that. I like it. I just don't. I'm not sold on. And like you mentioned, they're t- as Vasilevsky goes, their team goes. When he's off, they lose, and they lose bad. When he's on, they win. So I guess if you're going to bet on Vasilevsky, he's the who else do you want to bet on? He's he's the guy. He's the guy in the playoffs. He's the guy in the regular season. He's one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, but he's not playing. He's playing okay. He's playing okay. We'll see how it's we'll see how it shakes out the rest of this season. But like you said, yeah, he played okay versus Boston, Nashville, and Calgary. He was fantastic. Last few games before that, though, a save percentage 0.86. 0.792, Those aren't Vasilevsky-esque numbers. Yes, he's had the odd game where he's just lights out, like when he played Calgary and he's everything they threw at him, he was saving. But other than that, he's been very pedestrian, like you mentioned. So I don't I just I'm not sold on Tampa Bay. I said at the beginning of the season, and I'll stand by my prediction. I don't think they make the playoffs, but I'm wrong. If they do, I don't want to face them. <laughs> right. I'll just say right. that. I, I don't want to play them first round if I'm a two seed and Tampa Bay seven and I'm the Boston Bruins lining up to drop the puck on game one. I'm like, oh, Tampa Bay Lightning? No, thank you. All right. Prediction again that I said should happen is finally coming to fruition. Shane Wright finally sent down to the AHL. Good. He's going to the AHL. What's his? He's going for two weeks. Tim, how does that work? Yeah, basically, it's it's kind of it, this is not exactly set in stone, but this is my understanding of it from what I read online. He'll go down for a couple of weeks, which is going to bring him to the beginning of December, and then he'll he'll basically have two more games that he can play in the NHL while still being under that threshold that they can get sent down and not eat a year of their ELC, and then he'll go to the play World Juniors. And I think basically how it works is he'll be he'll be able to the World Junior Tournament. Um, and then I think he'll be able to play down in back in the minors permanently for the rest of the year. So it's kind of long and convoluted, but basically as frustrating as it's been for the Kraken fans, and I'm sure for him, because even when he was dressing, he wasn't getting many minutes and he was certainly being scratched a lot. So I think he'll still be able to say he got some pro experience. He'll be able to probably shine at that World Junior Tournament and then go back down and get some more seasoning, be ready next year. So I think we might have seen the last of him for the most part um, this year. And probably a little bit disappointing. I know the Kraken fan are, but I still think he's a talented kid that's going to just... You look at some of the comparables and some of the players that that really uh, didn't perform their first year, like uh, Braden Shen comes to mind, uh, Dry Seidel, similar things where they just didn't do anything and they got sent down. You think, okay, maybe this could be a bust. And obviously those guys are just fine. So too soon to tell, but I think that's probably how this will play out. They could not have bungled this any worse. I know, yeah. I know you're, you're trying to paint it, into into a you know a good ending it's not a good ending this could not have gotten any worse for the seattle kraken or for shane wright it was a complete disaster he had no business being in the nhl at all and i've said this before i've seen guys their careers just crater because of a bad first experience where they go they lose all their confidence and hockey isn't fun for them and then they just struggle for years and years to gain that back because they're just so young but yeah, so the way it works, he has 13 games of NHL allotment before he has to stay on the roster. I didn't realize he could go to the AHL. I, I don't know how that works. Maybe he's on a conditioning stint 
or they're I, I don't know because usually I thought you had to be a certain age in order to be sent down to the AHL. So that's something I'm unsure on. But yeah, he should go yeah. back to juniors. He should just I don't know. There there's no upside for anything now when when you're whether you're Shane Wright, whether you're the Seattle crack and anything. They bungled it. I don't know if he didn't get the opportunity on the first line. Maybe he didn't earn it, but he has no business being on the fourth line, third line in the NHL. The guy's a first line player. That that's where he belongs if he will make it in the NHL. I don't know. Hopefully he can figure it out and get his confidence back. And like you said, go to the world juniors, exceed Dara, go back to juniors, help his junior team and just regroup for next year. Cause this year was a complete, it was awful. It was completely awful for a guy. Everybody thought was a surefire NHL superstar. Number one, overall, he's going to come in. He's going to light the NHL on fire to being dropped down to the fourth overall pick, having all these high expectations and grudges. I'm going to, they're going to rue the day. They didn't pick me. And now he's being sent back to junior. So, Good. Go back, get lost in the minors, start playing good hockey, and we'll see you next year, Shane Wright. Hopefully, he can figure it out. Milestones, Tim. Evgeny Malkin, 1,000 games. It's not even a big deal anymore. I don't care. 1,000 games with one team, kind of cool, but is is there anything else to add on this? No, just recognizing that. Obviously, a great player, and he scored in that game, which is pretty predictable. He's he's an emotional guy, and, and similar to like Bennington. like He beat the Avalanche in their first game this year after he got embarrassed by them in the playoffs. So Malkin's a similar guy where he's he's driving by his emotions. So uh cool milestone for him. And then, you know, similar vein, Patrice Bergeron had his 1,000 point last night on an assist on Brad Marchand's goal, which is pretty cool. They had that little moment where all the guys, even though it was an away game, they all came on the ice to celebrate with him. And there was even a Bergie Bergie chant in uh Tampa Bay, which for a minute, which was really nice recognition for him. And uh, it was cool to like, it was very fitting for him to get the assist on Marshawn's goal. Like it just, that's what they've done for, for 15, 20 years now. So good for him. And then we had the Hosa Jersey retirement uh, this week as well, which is also pretty special. And, and actually to finish his book this morning, um, which is good. I know you're about like halfway through, right? And so I'm not reading it, <laughs> you should, no. it's good. I'm actually going to give, uh, send, give this copy away on Instagram. So check us out. We'll do a giveaway this week, dropping underscore gloves. I'll mail a copy to a wings <laughs> fan or, you know, Hawks fan or just hockey. How fan generous to read it. giving away you a know, used book. You're the man, man of the people. I'm right, passing it on. Um, but really cool for him. And then another record last night, Kale McCarr, the fastest defenseman ever to score 200 points in a season, uh, in his career. He did it in 195 games, which is just crazy when you think about like the Borks and Potvins and all those other big names. And it was Kale McCarr to do it in this modern era, which is just pretty special. Well, he he will go down as the best defenseman, offensive defenseman, I think, in history. The little caveat there is Bork, Coffee, Brian Leach, all of these high end Phil Housley, these defensemen, when they came into the NHL, they came into really bad teams. Kale McCarr got to walk into the NHL from college and he walked on to just a high octane juggernaut of an offense. And he was the piece that was missing. So he, he, he benefited from just stepping into the sweetest situation. I'm not taking away anything from him, but I think you have to kind of look at scenarios when you look at how players are responding their first few years in the league, because look, Kale McCarr, boy. It's pretty easy when your power play consists of Rantanen and McKinnon and Kadri at the time 
and Devin Taves and all these other high-end guys who can just create a little bubble around you until you get your feet wet. Like he came, he's a good player, but you get, you know, take it for what it's worth. It's a, it's a record. Those are very rarely broken. The fastest to 200 points in 195 games. That's almost a point per game. It's a crazy, it's a crazy stat. All right. Let's do some quick kits and get out of here. Nikolai Ehlers, hernia surgery out indefinitely for the Winnipeg Jets. Is that a big deal for the Winnipeg Jets, Tim? Yeah, uh, it is. They, 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 they're winning pretty well as well. That's a terrible sentence. They nice. played We're pretty just well. Killing it. We're killing it today. <laughs> yeah, they, they're stringing together some wins. They're, they're surprising most people, I think. But yeah, they're a better team when Ehlers is scoring and he's obviously, he's out for months probably. So that's a bummer for them. No, he's not immature. He's just young for his age. Well, that's that's true. Yeah, that's true. no, the, you can be both. You're not, or they're not the same. All right, Zaitsev for Ottawa, the healthy scratch sent down to the minors, going to Belleville. There's a trade on the table between the Ottawa Senators and the Vancouver Canucks. Both teams just struggling. They need something to change whatever is going on in that locker room because they're both just having bad season. There was a straight-up trade that was about to be signed, sealed, and delivered for Nikita Zaitsev and friend of the show, Tyler Myers. Nikita Zaitsev nixed the deal. He said, I ain't going to Vancouver. He enacted his no-move clause. So in retribution, Ottawa said, you don't want to go? Guess what? You're going to the minors. Kick rocks, kid, which is good for Zaitsev in in the grand scheme of things. He doesn't have to pay escrow now. He's saving that 20%. He goes down to Belleville, no pressure whatsoever. And just plays hockey. And he's still got a couple more years on his contract. What a bad contract Toronto signed him to. But why would he not want to go to Vancouver? It's such a strange thing where you can go to a new situation, play in the NHL, play with new players, and potentially revive your career. Because it's not working in Ottawa. Is there anything I'm missing there? Why did he nix this trade, Tim? I don't know. Would you want to go play there? Yeah. Hell yeah. I'd go to Vancouver over Ottawa. Take care. Comb your hair. I'm on the next flight out. I don't care how good or bad the team is. Well, actually, I guess that matters, but Ottawa's not a good team. They're floundering almost in last place in the Eastern Conference right now. They're struggling. The coach hates him, hates him. DJ Smith wants nothing to do with Zaitsev. He's going down to Belleville. Why not go to Vancouver and try to resurrect your career? Play with NHL caliper guys. You're going to be you know, surrounded by good young talent, at least in Vancouver. I know you were in Ottawa and it didn't work out, but try something new. Maybe he's just sick of Canada. You know, Toronto, Ottawa, over to Vancouver. He's like, just get me get me to an American team. But it, it's a strange thing to nix a trade. Yeah, I wonder if he's just holding out for something better, taking the chance that they'll work out another deal to a team that's a better fit, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll give him a call and ask him what, what's up. Well, there's not a lot of teams who <laughs> – you're looking for defensemen. Everybody's always looking for defensemen. What teams are not looking for is a guy who's making three and a half million dollars who sucks. So I don't think anybody's ready to take on a $3.25 million contract for a player who's just consistently out of position, never engaged on the defensive end, and is just a bad defenseman. So if there's anybody in the market for that guy, let me know. But I don't think there's a line waiting for a Nikita Zaitsev trade. All right, another rumor out of Vancouver. 
Bo Horvat, their captain, having a career season, continues to score at a torrid pace. Torrid pace. Rumor mills are swirling around him being traded to the New York Islanders, potentially for a Josh Bailey and a draft pick. Package those two together to get Bo Horvat. Is that a good fit for both, for Bo Horvat or the Islanders? I would say, yeah. And I would say, honestly, probably Bo Horvat's the type of player that would be a good fit just about anywhere. So I think, yeah, I know it's kind of a safe answer, but yeah, I think he would be a good fit. And when you talk about the the, the one-two punch with Barzal and Bo, Bo, Bo Horvat, who are such different types of players, are they both able to produce offensively? And John, what do you need to win championships? Uh, John, you're muted. You need strength down the middle. And Bo Horvat is an absolute moose of a man. I love it. I love this trade for both teams. He gives them that. That's the thing. They are already strong down the middle, the New York Islanders. If you can bump Nelson, maybe Pajot plays the wing, Nelson down to the third line, that's, boy, oh, boy, that's a strong lineup. If you can make that work, maybe Nelson goes to the wing. Bo Horvat centers that second line. All of a sudden, the Islanders are already good. Makes them very, very good. I, <laughs> resurrection season for the New York Islanders. I thought they were going to just fall off the map this season, but everybody's playing well. They got a good back end, Tim. Noah Dobson, Mayfield, Pollock, Pellick, Romanoff. Oh, gosh, they're strong. I like them. I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. Would you, Tell you what. This Eastern Conference, there's no easy out. There is no easy out in the Eastern Conference. All right. Did you see that Matthews hit? I Clint, didn't. Uh, no, you didn't. See, oh, no. Didn't well, I guess we won't talk about it then. Matthews clipped somebody. I don't know who it was. It was exactly like my hit of Louis Erickson. Exact. The guy gets rid of it. Matthews catches him, nails him right in the head. In my opinion, IMO. No suspension. Such a joke. All right. Okay. Same I- game. I just watched it. I would say it's way more of a hit to the head than your hit was. Way less force than yours was. I think his was more incidental. Yours was you had him lined up for 50 feet before you, before he got him. His was like, he's right there and he threw the shoulder into him. So no suspension. Do you think that's a, a, should he have been clipped for one game at least? I wonder if he got a call or anything or if he got at least a conversation with the refs about it. I don't know. Or or call. Yeah, but I got the day planned with Zaitsev, so I don't know if I can squeeze that in. Okay. Okay. Well, next time. Same game, Mark Giordano. Did you see this? Probably not. You don't watch hockey. He I was got busy this the, weekend, John. He got one of the weirdest goals I've ever seen. Mark Giordano, following up the play, Mitch Marner makes a great pass to him, sells the defender, drop pass to Mark Giordano. The defender goes flying into the net, takes the net off. Nets already hit the backboards to him. Already hits the backboards. Mark Giordano flubs the shot, goes across the goal line, and just squeaks in to where the post would be. Because you can see the hole where the peg is for the net. It slides just in the net. The ref gives him the goal. It was so incredibly strange. It was at least five to ten seconds after the net had been knocked off. Giordano finally manages to get the puck off his stick, and they give him a goal. Now, what do you think of this? Is this should this be allowed? So I just watched it, and I'm you know I'm sure in the broadcast and the the league the rule is if it's intentionally pushed off the moorings, 
which the defenseman did. He slid right into it and he was untouched. It was all him. And it would have gone in otherwise, then yeah, I think I think that's probably what they said. So it seemed like a good goal to me. I can see why they'd be upset about it, but like I think if the play is still active and the defenseman pushes his own net off while the other team has the puck in a scoring opportunity that you don't blow the puck dead. Or if you do, you you give him that goal like they did. It's a uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I get the reasoning. I just don't think it's a goal. <laughs> it gets so long after the play and it's such a sh- dumpy shot. Would you be better? Know. Like, is it maybe it's a penalty instead? You know, yeah, two minute penalty delay a game, but not a goal. What? Where does this end? Now guys are going to be firing the puck in from everywhere, and the net gets knocked off. Like just, just <laughs> yeah. fire it yeah. wherever you are. Just start ripping pucks. Try to get a goal because that was that was a little egregious. But anyways, yeah, funny, funny, uh, funny things happen in the NHL. All right, a couple more things. Did you see Jamie Ben get beat up by Josh Manson? I did. I did. What's your take on this? We need tough guys in the NHL. Every team should have one. For instances like this, Jamie Benn has no business fighting Josh Manson. Jamie Benn is the captain of your team. He shouldn't have to answer against Josh Manson, who is a legit tough guy. Legit tough guy. And then Manson's got the flipping visor on. Oh, yeah. Manson's tough. Okay. Tough kid. In, in today's game. Yeah, I don't want to bring it back to me, but when he, I think he was around when I was there. He was just like, we would call guys like him. I would beat guys like him up on the way to a fight. You know what I mean? Because he he wasn't tough. That's that's what my brother would say. He was like, yeah, I'm going to beat this guy up and then go to the real fight because this guy's not tough. So back to Jamie Ben. There's no reason he should be fighting this. It, it's a dangerous. I know Jamie Ben's tough, but Josh Manson's out of his weight class. Your captain's going to get beat up. It looks terrible on your team, and you could lose one of your best players. I know Jimmy Ben struggled the last few years, but he's still one of your top five or six guys in your team. There's no reason for this. It just drives me nuts. Go get a tough guy. Go get somebody who can just take care of business. He doesn't have to be an old-school goon. Ryan Reeves is on the market. The Rangers don't play him anymore. He's been a healthy scratch, I think, five games in a row. So he's on the market. Go and pick up Revo. Stuff like that really bothers me because he shouldn't be fighting. Should not be fighting. All right, that's about it, everybody. I hope everybody is having a good week. We'll probably do one more episode. Maybe Friday after Thanksgiving. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Tim is just so hard to pin down now. He's so busy. He's got calls with Zeit7 Matthews and stuff like that. But What's all your... that aside, I appreciate the support, everybody. I hope everybody's doing better than I am. Oh. Are you? What's your plan for Thanksgiving? You guys are staying local? Going to my friend's house. So the Bills are playing the Lions on thanksgiving and my buddy's a big lions fan and i'm a massive bills fan and we just threw this on the wives where it was just like hey uh, we're gonna have a combined thanksgiving how does that sound and I, my wife's all for it because she's like i don't have to do a thanksgiving dinner that's great but the house we're going to they have six kids we have seven kids so there's going to be 13 kids there four adults and his my buddy's wife was just like sure like am I? I need to get more turkeys now. I don't know how this works, but yeah, they they invited us over. Nice. So we're going to someone's house. What about you, Tim? Uh, well, I'm not going back home, obviously. So I'll probably. I think I'm going to go out to Asheville with the dog, which is like a mountain town, western part of the state. Really beautiful. Haven't been yet, so we'll just go stay at a dog friendly hotel somewhere and have a nice meal. And just make a little, make a little weekend trip. Sounds very um hillbilly, Asheville. Yeah. 
Nice romantic date with your dog at the hotel. Keep it PG, Tim, and have a good Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.